You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Talk Radio is a non-profit ministry. We are dedicated to spreading the gospel of Jesus through our programs and special guests. We exist through the generous support of our listeners. If you are being blessed through this ministry and would like to give a love offering, go to our website and click on our donation page. Your donation will be processed through PayPal. Our prayer is that you may prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Unto the Lord, for he is when Christians Speak Talk Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. All of your gifts to this ministry are tax deductible. Go out to our website, www.whenchristianspeak.com, and click on our donation page. Listen to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Speaker.com. All of our broadcasts are available as podcasts through SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Blueberry.com, Zoom.com, Stitcher.com, Lisbon.com, and BlogTalkRadio.com. To listen to our broadcast by phone, dial 646-478-0660. Again, that number is 646 646- Four seven eight zero six six zero. Go visit and like our Facebook page when Christians Speak Talk Radio. Also, be sure to check out Christians Against Suicide and Depression. It's a page dedicated to sharing God's love, encouragement, and hope. There are prayer warriors standing by to receive prayer requests, doing intercession for those under attack by the lie and deception of the devil. We know that the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy, but praise God. Jesus came to set the captives free. Challenge to change, where transformation begins with you. Change appears to be one of the biggest hindrances to growth in relationships that I have encountered while in ministry. Our focus is usually on someone else and what they have done or are doing to us, instead of us being accountable to God and making sure we're not a stumbling block to ourselves or others. Challenge to Change is about us taking personal responsibility for our Christian walk as we face challenges and issues and how to overcome them through biblical tools and techniques that we will discuss on this show. Everything about this show is encompassed in us depending on the Holy Spirit to edify, enrich, and transform lives by introducing individuals to a personal encounter with God's unconditional love. That is where real transformation begins and ends. Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
I'm excited about what I'm about to share tonight. Um, it has a lot of impact on what's going on right now. Uh, so let's go ahead and pray and we'll get started. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you that you are always faithful. Regardless of what we choose to do, you are always about doing the right thing for us. We recognize that the sickness and evil that we encounter is more than our humanity can bear. So cleanse us of any sadness, negative thinking, or despair that we might have picked up during this time as we look at the situations and circumstances that are going on at the school. And we just thank in advance that you, you are manifested in such a way that you meet us right where we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So guys, it's, it's um, I want to start out with the series uh, called Rest R.I.P. What does that mean? So fill it in on the chat section what it means, because I have a new meaning for it. And it's called resting in his presence. And that's the only way we're going to get through all the situations that's going on right now. So when we look at that, the victims of that Texas shooting, where it was elementary students. So you're looking at 19 students and two teachers that were just killed senselessly. And I just thank God in advance that they are resting in God's presence. And they talked about how this one young lady was due to do a Bible scripture and how she talked about being up there. And um, it's just it's, it's just sad what took place, but there is a God. And I just want to remind you to, to be willing to help other people as they process their grief and their sorrow here. Although we were not there, people still have emotions because I know I've been crying throughout the day or when I see some news or something like that because it was senseless. It did not have to happen. But I want to talk about how we can support other people who are going through challenges, dealing with grief and loss, and um, just give you some steps, some steps that has worked for me um, as a counselor and also as a pastor. And, and I want to make these steps very clear so that we are helpers and not hinderers, because it's a big difference when people are grieving and you are there to help in making sure that you do say and respond in a correct and biblical manner. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, in the New King James Version, it says, We are confident, yes, we are pleased rather. Be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So I, I um, saw this over 20 years ago, and it, and it always stood out to me. Uh, it was Gloria Copeland. She was talking about how her brother um, was a tractor-trailer driver, and, and there was a big crash, and how when uh, that situation happened, uh, he was killed instantly. And what stood out to me was God allowed her to see him in a vision. And he said, I never felt the pain. The moment that the crash was inevitable and I knew I was going to die, he said the angels pulled me out so that I never felt the blow. So, guys, that's what I'm believing took place with those 19 people that was killed senselessly. And once the bullet started to go towards them, they never felt the bullet because their angels took them away. And I rest in the fact that they didn't feel any pain. The pain is left here, and that's why we are getting the help that we need. So the word grief means a deep distress caused by uh, bereavement. It's also 
grief is described as a cause of suffering. So those who are alive and remain are suffering about the ones who have passed. But I'm going to talk you through those processes. The word grief means an unfortunate outcome that was disaster. So when we talk about the word grief, those are the things that it stands for. But in 1969, that's when this person came up with the five stages of grief. But of course, now there are up to seven stages. But I'm just going to stay with the five because I just want to keep this simple. I don't want to add to it. I want us to be able to grab it as I go. Because, guys, there there is coming a time, and some of us have already experienced grief in our family, um, but others will, if not already. But the other part is you might be called in to help somebody else that is grieving and needs your help. But when you have the right resources available to you, then you are able to do it in a calm, peaceful, and most of all, anointed manner. So let me go over the, the five stages. Denial. And that's sort of like fantasizing as if it didn't happen. It was just a mistake when the police or somebody came by and gave you a call and said such and such just passed. And when we're in denial, that's what we do. We, we'll look at it and like, nah, that really didn't happen. Maybe they called the wrong number. Maybe they used the wrong name. And then second stage is anger. And the thing about anger is anger is steeped in pain and pain can take many forms. And so we, we just need to be conscious of that. What stages are or is the person in? Bargaining, you know, where you bargain and say, well, you know, Lord, if, if you raise them up from the dead or Lord, if you do this or I promise I'll do this, you know, bargaining is fueled with a lot of I, what ifs, if only. The next one is uh, depression. And that's where sadness can be manifested, fatigue, you like you're tired. Uh, you feel confused. You don't understand why it took place, what happened. And you feel distracted, like you just don't know what to do and what stages to do it in. And, you know, the simplest things, cooking, driving, things of that nature can be shifted and changed uh, due to depression. Acceptance. And that is accepting the loss, that you are readjusting your life without that person. So what I want to make it clear is, a person doesn't have to go through these stages in that order. So don't look for somebody that might be in denial. Don't look for somebody that might be angry. It might be at any time in any place that those stages will manifest themselves because each person is individual. And so they respond to things totally different than what we might. So if you're an organized person, more than likely you're going to go straight through those, those steps, those stages. But if you're not, you're artistic. You know, it's like you, you, you just fly by the seat of your pants. Then you might start out with uh, bargaining n number three as number one. But it's not about you. It's about the person we're ministering to. Understanding the grieving process. And I want to make this clear. So if I had to say this would be one of the steps is there is no right or wrong way to grieve. See, we, 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 if we grieve a certain way, then we want the other person to grieve the same way we grieve. But that's not how it works. Each person is individual. And not only are they individual, but the person they loved has a difference. So you, you might be, uh, your, your dad might have passed or your mom might have passed. And it might be five, you might be the fifth child. Well, you might grieve different than the person who's the first child. So don't look at people to grieve the way you think they should. So when 
grief is starting to manifest. Some people get quiet where, you know, you'll see a whole room of people talking and, and they might be talking, um, making plans. They might be talking about this, the, the person who, who had already passed and they might even be talking about the funeral and what they're going to wear or, or what food they have to get and things of that nature. Whereas you might be the quiet one in the family. You might be the one over in the corner and, and you might be withdrawn and, and, but you are quiet. You're not really talking. Once again, you might withdraw. And it's like, I, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. I just want to be by myself. And so don't be surprised if in a room full of people, this person might go outside, even if it's raining, even if it's cold. That's their way of dealing with the grief. They might be angry. They, they might tell the people who are planning the party, uh, get out of the house. Why are you talking about that? Don't you understand such and such has passed? And so just be aware that everyone will have different emotions. The other person might be fearful. They, they are wondering to themselves, what are we going to do now? What if this person was a provider? And, and so they brought in all the financial uh, supplies of the house. And they might be fearful of what's going to happen. Am I we going to lose the house? How will we eat? Where will we sleep? What will we do? Be aware of that person. It might be uncertainty where the whole gamut is reached. You don't know what you're going to do. You don't know how you're going to do it, what clothes you're going to wear. You don't know where you are. But see, you as a believer, as a comforter working in and with the Holy Spirit, he will allow you to say the right things, do the right things, and be the right person for the situation. But it, the, the, the psychology has said that sometimes the grieving process can work, can be from anywhere from 18 months to 24 months. But you don't even want to go by that because each person is different. But my wife and I, we have a creed, and that creed is Holy Spirit, show us what we need to know. So when we were dealing with past griefs in the last month, last three or four months, that's what we would ask. And the Holy Spirit would tell them, well, give them a call. Don't call them, but send them food. Stop by. See whether they need anything. And so be aware that the Holy Spirit is the teacher. He's the guide. And guess what he knows? He knows all there is to know about them. And there's a scripture in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 in the New King James Version. And it says, fear not. I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So sometimes when we are dealing with situations, we think God is not there because if he was there, it wouldn't have happened. But free choice is also manifested. But I just want you to know that he says that I am your God. And that relationship is different for each person. He says, don't be dismayed because I am your God. I will strengthen you. And you won't know what strength feels like. You will be operating from a position of weakness. And when it is necessary, strength will be present. And you will have to look back and say, how did I do that? It's because he is our God. He will strengthen us. When we're in situations where we need help. He will be there and we won't know it until help is necessary. But because he can't lie, we can rest in the fact that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. So let's talk about briefly about talking and listening to help out. So a friend of yours told you that such and such has passed and, 
and you're going over the house or you're checking in. Don't make them talk. Whoa, 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 what's going on? What's going on? When did it happen? I, I didn't get that message. So, 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 so when did it happen? You got to tell me, child. Your presence is normally enough. So when you have a relationship with a person and you have a good reputation with that person, when you show up, they know it's only for one thing. You came to bring comfort, to bring peace, and to manifest God's presence in that situation. Be quiet and present. And this is the number one thing. I don't care how many hours. I've been in hours, four or five hours in, in a room where a person is, is, is expected to pass any moment. But you never look at your watch. You never look at the phone. Because the moment you look at the phone, the person you are in the room to comfort, they are going to see that. And guys, what do you think that says? You're, they are an inconvenience. You have some place to go. You have some place to be. And just watch. That whole room will shift and be different. Because you just told the person you're not priority. That they are no longer priority. Touch them if they are touchable. And try to understand this. If the person is up and you knew them, and they were not huggers or they were not touchers. And, and of course, be aware of COVID and so forth and so on. But if you never hug them in person, don't try to touch them at, at, in the room. Do not touch them, but be close to them. Do I make that clear? Because you touch somebody that you haven't touched before, that creates a problem. Because they are, they are looking at you and they're wondering, why are you stepping outside of who you normally are? Acknowledge the situation. What do I mean by acknowledge the situation? I understand. You can say, I understand that your husband passed. So you want to make sure that they understand why you are there. They might think that you haven't heard. But see, where I'm going is I'm taking them to a place where they can start to talk about what took place, what happened. Because believe it or not, as they are talking about it, healing is being manifested because who's there? The presence of God is there. With you, manifest it in that situation. Express your concerns. But this is a key component, guys. As they are starting to talk, don't say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that your loved one passed. I'm sorry that that happened. The moment you say that, the spirit of sorrow manifests itself. See, the thing about a spirit is you don't see them. Because you are spiritually mature, you will know what just showed up. And sorrow will only allow them to see the bad. What I mean by that, they will start to see how that loved one who passed um didn't visit them or didn't talk to them or it was never there for their events. They, they'll start to gauge and start to see everything that was wrong with that person who passed instead of seeing the good about them. So what you want to do is you want to use the terminology. I offer my condolences. Condolences is saying that I am offering the sympathy of the situation that is manifested in your life. 
never use. I'm sorry. Because see, you can leave, but that spirit of sorrow won't leave with you. Let them talk about how their loved one passed. So I will say, hey, would, you, would you mind telling me about what happened? Because what am I after? I'm after them instead of stuffing. I'm after them releasing. Because a lot can happen in a moment of time, but the more they release, the less that'll be packed down. The less that 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 repression will come on because they repress the memory and they pushed it down. So when I ask, I'll normally say, would you mind telling me? Meaning that if they do mind, they'll say that. And this is the component. See, everything is about them right there. It's not about you. Where you got to go, where you got to be, who you got to be with. If you're hungry, just, 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 just talk to your spirit and say, hey, we'll eat later. This is important right now. But once they start to share what they about that person and what you do is you repeat some of the things that you heard them say. Oh, so you're saying that um, they bought their first um, house when they were still in college? They were able to do that? Man, that's pretty incredible. So the more you repeat back what you're hearing, the more understanding they get is that person is really listening to me. They are focusing on what I'm saying because at the time where grief is manifested, the person needs to know that they are the most important person. And this is another technique that I use, and it works. How are you feeling? I don't ask, how are you doing? Because if you ask how they're doing, it's going to remove them from the situation. Remember I say I'm building up a stage. I'm building up the status of healing by the questions that I asked. So when I say, how are you feeling? What am I looking for? I'm looking for their emotions. Because if they say, I'm afraid, then I know what emotions I need to process, help them process. But if I say, how you doing? They'll say, I'm doing fine. I'm okay. That's not an emotion. I'm telling you guys, we are designed for this. This is the next thing. You need to accept their feelings. Don't try to change their feelings. The reason I ask how you're feeling is so I can find out where you are. And then to change that emotion, it's like, well, you shouldn't be feeling like that. Man, don't you believe in Jesus? Don't you believe the word of God, what it says? Man, you, you, you just said it all. And I'm going to tell you, when a person is at their rawest, that's when you can do the most blessing or the most damaged. Because a person will always remember how you made them feel in their time of distress. And these are the don't says. Repeat out to me, don't say. Don't say. So I want you to, the, how can they do? I'm going to give them about five. How can they do that on the, on the chat? About have you heard, give a thumbs up if somebody yes. said that to you yes, and your family, please. okay? God needed another flower. <laughs> he the one that made the flower. If he made you a human, he don't need you as a flower. <laughs> God made you as, he needed the flower. God needed another angel. The last time I checked, the Bible says that they are innumerable. Meaning that there's so many, they can't be counted. No, he didn't need your loved one as another angel. Guys, you can get slapped for this one. 
Well, honey, he's in a better place. But won't you go there? I mean, you know, guys, I'm just being real. He's in a better place. How does a person feel if they grieve and how can they see him as being in a better place? If you don't know what to say, don't say nothing. That's why I said your silence can speak for itself. This is a part of God's plan. You get kicked out. How is a person telling them parents that their children were killed because that was a part of God's plan? How should you ever trust that God again? This is another one. This is behind you now. It's time for you to get on with your life. The person just died yesterday. You're telling somebody to get on with their life. And guys, this is very controversial, but it's, it's straight up. The Bible is truly recorded, but it also recorded the things that people said. So Lot, he says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But God is not the taker wearer. Job, Job said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But God is not the one who kills still in the destroy. He said, I come that you may have life and have it in abundance. So it was said by Job, but it was not accurate. How do we know? Because later on in the scripture, it starts to talk about when God talked back to him. And he said, were you there when I did this, this, and this? When I told the waters to come up to the beach and not go any further? Were you there when I did such and such, such and such? And that's God letting him know. What you said was an error. So guys, I cringe when I'm at funerals and I hear people say that because it's not accurate. So don't say these things. Now, let me talk about practical assistance. So understand that the person that you are ministering to or the family that you're ministering to, they most of the time have never felt so much attention so they might feel funny because you are showing them so much attention. So they won't ask for help because in their mindset, they're thinking that you helped them enough. You came over and I, I know you, you miss your family or you had other things that you had to do. But once again, by being present, absolutely present, you are letting them know you are the number one person. So understand that most of them won't ask for help. So make your statement to them very specific. Have a specific suggestion, like, for example, I'm going to the store. Would you like me to bring you anything back? So you're telling them where you're going, because if you if they say, if you ask them, well, is there anything you want from the store? And you're sitting there, they're going to say, no, 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 I don't want you to have to go anywhere from me. But if you're telling them that you're going to the store, they're more, most likely agree with that and say, well, I need such and such. Another thing, now, you, you know this is curly. I made spaghetti. Can I bring you some? See, that's, that, that's, that's one of the things she does. She cooks and she likes to make sure that people are eating correctly. Or you can send them. Send them some food. Be consistent in your presence. They begin to rest knowing that you are coming. 
that you are one of the people that they want in the room or they want at their house. And when you show up, they were looking at a timeline. And if you can't make it, you let them know, well, you know, I have OT, so I got got to work some overtime, but I'll be there. And if it's okay with you, I'll be there as soon as I get off. Listen for their needs and you feel it. I don't care if I just want to lay down for a moment. You move everybody out of the room. If they don't want to go upstairs to their bedroom, you move everybody out of the room. Say, hey, look, guys, got to go somewhere else. Got to go do something else. Would you mind? Because this person needs to rest. They need to sleep. Check in on special days. Meaning that if a mother has passed, then make sure you check in on Mother's Day. You call that person, that family, or the person that you are ministering to in that family. You just said, you know, I know today is Mother's Day, and and I just called to check up on you to see how you're doing. Maybe an anniversary, a wedding anniversary, or it might be a birthday. Father's Day is coming up and some, you know, Mother's Day just passed. So if you didn't do it this year, make sure you do it next year. But you just call to let them know they haven't been forgotten. And the scripture says in Psalms chapter 34, verse 18, and the message says, if your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. And see, you can take that two ways. But because he is a spiritual God, not only is his presence there, but he's in your heart. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that your presence is right there with those parents in Texas. And for the two women that were um, the two teachers. I thank you in advance that the fathers, their husbands, that you are there with them, that you allow them to catch their breath. And for those parents who one day kiss their children and, and let them go to school, but that young lady that was on the news tonight that said, the daughter asked me, could I come home after class? I bind that spirit of guilt that is trying to manifest itself and say, it's your fault that your daughter died because you wouldn't let her come home when she wanted to come home right after class. So say you don't have no right, no authority to torment those parents any longer because God's presence, their heart is broken and God's presence is right there. So we as the body of Christ, I thank you in advance that we are sensitive to what the needs are. And we will pray for those parents and for those those husbands who lost their wives. We thank you in advance, Father, that something is shifting and changing in those those families' lives, that this community won't go on the way it has gone on before. There is a time where Jesus has to be Lord in our lives and in others' lives. We thank you in advance that your peace, your rest, your anointing, your glory is manifested in such a way that when the funerals start to take place, they will understand how they can be that peaceful. I'm not saying they're not going to cry. The tears will be just one manifestation of what's on the inside as your presence of peace is manifested. I call these things manifested right now in Jesus' name. 
Because, Father, your word said in Psalms 73, verse 26, that I am the very presence and I will refresh them. And I thank you that the time of refreshing is now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This concludes today's message on Challenge to Change, where real transformation begins with you, with Pastor Paul Morgan. If you are ever in the Richmond, Virginia area, join Pastor Paul for Sunday service at 10 a.m. at Chosen Generation Ministries. The website is www.chosenrva.com or call at 866-333-9505. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.